Crude oil is crude. Natural gas is pure. That's why Pennzoil's base oil is made from natural gas, not crude. It gives you unbeatable engine protection. The proof is in the Pennzoil. Based on sequence 4A wear test using SAE 5W30. I was hoping it's not true. Um, anyway, you, you don't want to hear somebody uh, get crashed uh, in a helicopter or somebody passed away, but it's hard. You know, he was uh, a legend in, uh, in the basketball world and uh, um, in the whole world. It's, it's tough. Still can't believe it. The great Alex, Alex Ovechkin honoring Kobe. Normally wears eight, wearing 24 there. Welcome into the jump. I'm George Sedano. In for our fearless leader, Rachel Nichols, who's out on assignment. I'm joined here by senior writer, NBA senior writer, Zach Lowe. Uh, Matt Barnes, of course, NBA champion and 2008 Finals MVP, Paul Pierce. Coming up, Kendrick Perkins stops by to tell us how he's honoring Kobe's legacy in the aftermath of Kobe's tragic death. But first, we have breaking news coming into the jump. The NBA just announced major changes to the All-Star Game format that will include a tribute to Kobe. The league has turned every quarter into a mini-game for charity before an untimed final quarter with a target of the top cumulative score plus 24 in Kobe's memory, which will decide what team wins. Scores will be reset back to 0-0 at the start of the second and third quarters and then restored to begin the fourth quarter. The NBA said there will be multiple tributes throughout the All-Star weekend to Bryant, his 13-year-old daughter Gianna, and seven others who lost their lives in Sunday's helicopter crash. Paul, what did you make of the changes? <clears throat> I'm still trying to understand it. It's like, <laughs> it's a lot. Is it like a first team to 24? Or, I mean, uh, what do you in mean? In the fourth plus, quarter. In the fourth quarter. Right. I mean, I guess it's, you know, it's a good tribute for, you know, us being able to do something for Kobe. And I'm still trying to understand the format. Do you quite understand? Do you guys understand? Well, that? I mean, I just hope if it's many games, it just makes the game more competitive. You yeah. know, Paul was talking before we got on air how competitive the game used to be, and he mentioned Kobe a lot. So I hope in their honor, you know, obviously you don't want nobody getting hurt, but you hope that these guys will, you know, go out there and, and go hard in these many games if that's what it is. I think people are going to like it. I know it's it's like it's a lot of words. Like that's a lot of words right. to I'm describe to yeah. who wins a basketball game. That's <laughs> yeah. true. It's too many words. Right. But I think when the game happens and each quarter is a mini game, like that's easy to understand. Right. You won the first quarter, and right. then this the last quarter they'll put this big target score up on the board, like first to this number right. wins, and so it'll be easy. Oh, I, I think in that moment so to understand what they do in that that world game. Right. So they're right. adding up yeah, the three mini games, oh, right? Yeah. And then from that point on, you got to get to twenty four. I okay. think people yeah, will yeah, like that. Yeah, I, think yeah, like okay. that. I think it'll be competitive. It'll make it more competitive, right. I think. Yeah, I don't think there's any question about it. So uh, a lot of changes, obviously, there, but certainly all in memory of Kobe. And there's been a lot of people uh, memorializing Kobe. Let's take a look outside at the scene right here at L.A. Live, right outside our studios, where the tributes to Kobe continue, as you see there. Kobe Bryant's legacy, it knows no bounds. As many are still grieving the loss of Kobe, Gigi, and seven more victims of the deadly helicopter crash on Sunday morning, there's one community that Kobe left quite an impact on that's chosen to begin to celebrate his life. Particularly, the Latino community in Southern California has flooded the plaza outside our offices and Staples Center here at LA Live with murals, candlelight vigils, fans playing the Kobe game where you crumple up a piece of paper, shoot it into a basket, and yell, Kobe! <laughs> Even fans doing something called the Kobe Challenge, where they get a ball and then they go one-on-one as a third person holds a handheld backboard and hoop. There was even a mariachi band playing, and it just shows the affection for Kobe. You see this here last night. But it was two nights ago where in accordance with Mexican tradition at a funeral, a banda showed up. Banda Imperio, 
played for the crowd outside at the memorial here at Staples Center and played a song called Un Puño de Tierra. The gist of the song is, life is so short, all you have is memories. The only thing you take with you is a fistful of dirt. <laughs> Gustavo Arellano of the LA Times wrote an extraordinary piece highlighting Kobe's connection with the Latino community. How Kobe would go to El Camino Real restaurant in Orange County. It was the childhood restaurant that Vanessa Bryant would go to. And how Kobe would only talk to the employees in Spanish. How Kobe perfected his Spanish by watching the Spanish variety show on Univision called Sábado Gigante with Don Francisco and a telenovela called La Madrasta, which he would watch with Vanessa and his mother-in-law. In the story, there's also a reference to his final news conference as a player. Bryant specifically shouted out his Latino fans. Muy importante. Uh los fans uh, latinos porque eh, cuando llegó aquí eh, esos fans eran los fans que me abrazaron más eh, con mucha pasión entonces yo le dijo dame dos años, tres años voy a hablar un poquito de español ahora mi español no es muy bueno pero puedo hablar un poquito no, yo creo que es muy bueno it wasn't lost on the community that Kobe was married to the daughter of Mexican immigrants however, the thing that resonated the most was his work ethic much like Kobe, in the Latino community, there are no days off. Mamba mentality, it translates in any language. <laughs> Paul, how can you explain those not from L.A., you grew up here, Matt grew up yeah. here, just the connection Kobe has and why he's so beloved with fans from all walks of life? I mean, you got to understand that um, basketball and sports in general, especially here in L.A., it just brings all walks of life together, you know, sports. And then especially with Kobe have a Latina wife, knowing the language here in L.A. What you got to understand, L.A. is made up of mostly yeah. Latino fans. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? Like, when we won the championship, when I came to L.A. that summer, it was just like, this is Laker oh, gang. Yeah. Like, and, and, I, and I was like, like, yo, well, hold on. Like, hold on. You know, I decided not to even stay in L.A. that summer. No, mm-hmm. And it was just like, they come together. Yeah. And, um it's a way of life here. You know, I grew up here and I see it. Uh, I lived it. I was one, I was a Laker fan growing up also. And it, that's just a way of life. And it just brings everyone together, especially here in L.A. Matt, you've got an interesting yeah, story. I, I caught the bad end of that. Um, the 2010 ball fake situation, uh, as soon as it ended, when I tell you that I was sworn with uh, majority Mexican fans, just, you can't come back to L.A. We see you. We're going to do this to you. Do like that. Oh, really like, real life. It's dirt. serious. And I believed it. They were it's real serious. life threatening to me, and then it was crazy when I ended up coming that same summer, right. and they accepted me because they thought I was the first, uh, you know, Latino player to play for the Lakers. And right. then I found out I wasn't, you know, I'm, I'm Italian and black, so right. it went from you to, you know, okay, you're a Laker. Right. You're part of the family. It's all, yeah. Part of the family, so. Oh, my God. It was funny, but no, no, nothing but love, like Paul said. I mean, Lakers, Dodgers, like, hardcore fans and they will do anything for Kobe. Zach, what has it been like to be here and just kind of observe all of this? I I said yesterday, like I, I still haven't gotten past shock to grief. Like I every time I look out there I just it doesn't feel like it's a real thing, but it does show you like LA is a city of, of many cultures, but also a lot of transplants. There are not a lot of things that everybody in LA agrees on or all love and like Kobe was one of them. I mean Kobe was here for so long, people felt they grew up with him, you grew up with them. I mean it's there's it's a very unique thing. It's an investment of 20 years when you yeah. think about it. And longer than that because beyond his playing years. I mean, that in itself, 
ups, downs, stumbles, professional, personal, and, and you know, highs of highs. All that stuff, Paul, that means everything to these people. I mean, he, he gave a whole generation because, like, once Magic was done, you know, I grew up in the Magic area. It was like, who's going to carry us through the, through the next 10, 20 years? And then it was like Kobe and Shaq came along. And, and then, you know, Shaq left and there was just Kobe. Right. You know, even though he had a, a great supporting class, uh, but, you know, it's about L.A. is about superstars right. and one that you can gravitate to. And that's what Kobe was. You know, L.A. is always looking for that next superstar you can gravitate to. You know, so when you when you grow up and you have your kids, you be like, yeah, I come from the Kobe era. Right. You know, I had a chance to watch him. And, and that's what L.A. hangs their hat on. Yeah. And all the stars came to watch him. And the stars in the NBA are still honoring him. Last night, the Brooklyn Nets held a pregame memorial for Kobe and Gigi and the seven other victims. They placed roses on the seats that Kobe and Gigi filled back on December 21st when they watched the Nets take on the Hawks. We know Gigi's favorite player was Trey Young. Last night was Kyrie's first game since Kobe's death. He scored 20 points. Spencer Dinwiddie, who changed his number from 8 to 26, 24 plus 2 for Kobe and Gigi, scored 28 off the bench. Here's Kyrie in postgame with Cassidy Hubbard. It's hard, you know, it's hard, but... Uh... I, I've been trying to do this the last few days. It's just trying to get ready for a moment like this. But uh, I just got to let it be, let it flow. And, you know, I know he's down watching as, as well as Gigi, as well as the young um, ball players that were on the plane as well. I was just with them at the Mamba uh, Academy, working out with them in the summertime as well, those young girls losing their lives. So it's, uh, it's heartbreaking for all of us, but I'm not the only one dealing with something. So I think the most beautiful thing is that it's connecting all of us and his seeds that – He's planted in all of us to continue to grow. and His legacy is going to live on forever, obviously, but that man was a philosopher. He was a teacher. You know, he left so many great things here for us to follow, and I'm just going to continue to carry the torch. Zach, why is Kobe's influence on this current generation so profound? So when I interview players, the thing that players are usually most excited to talk about first, if they don't know me, is some nuance or craft of the game, some piece of footwork that you see their eyes light up. That was Kobe. Kobe. Kobe was an expert at every trick of the game, every trick of footwork. And so players, young players see that, they admire that, they know that's a guy, that guy put in the work, that guy was an expert craftsman, that guy's someone I'm trying to emulate. And the second thing you hear is, for better or worse, make or miss, that dude was fearless. Absolutely fearless. And that's what fans loved about him, and that's what players, I think, not every player is fearless in a big moment. Not every player wants to take the last shot, right? You guys can speak to that more. And, like, people admired and loved that about Kobe. They envied it, I think. Like, I wish I had that in me, that sort of fearlessness, mm-hmm. that sort of ability to shake off a miss and go back next time with two seconds left and shoot it again. Paul, what do you think about this generation and <clears throat> their I mean, connection to Kobe? You know, he, he just... He, he's everything for this generation because I come from, like I said, the Magic Jordan generation, and now you have Kobe. And the one thing that will be always talked about is his work ethic. You know, kids now have a great understanding. If you want to make it, this is how you have to work. And Kobe led the charge on that. When you hear the stories about him playing in a game and then the game is over, they lost or won, you know, everybody's getting showered and dressed. But Kobe went back out to the arena and got some shots up. I was there when he did it in Miami. In Miami. He went back out there and got some shots up. That's unprecedented. You, You don't hear stories like this. And... I remember I did that now. Like, I heard that Kobe did it. Yeah. I, I didn't play well, so I did. And I was like, you know what? I didn't feel good about this game, so I'm going back out there to get some shots up now. So he not only defined the generation of, of youth, he defined um, being a, a pro's pro because we emulated him also. 
I just think he's, uh, you know, this, I came up, you know, and, uh, Jordan was the man. You know, I mean, I was a Magic Johnson fan, but Jordan was a man. He's this generation's Jordan, yeah. you know, so all these younger players as they touch to the footwork, the way he's opened up his arms and, uh, you know, at the Imam Academy. And it's not just for the stars. It's, you know, he really wants everyone to get better. I've seen everyone from NFL, NBA, Major League Baseball players over there all trying to get better, all trying to get a piece of that Mamba mentality and that approach, you know. So it just speaks to how much he motivated not only basketball, but the world in general. Well said, guys. All right, coming up. Have the Knicks reached a new low once again? We'll keep asking it until we don't have to do it anymore, to be honest with you. But first, it's time for our distant replay from this date in 2011, featuring Kobe oh versus Paul Celtics. Take a look. I know he gave it to me here. <laughs> oh, my God. Five 40-point games versus the Celtics. Here's one of them. All right, there you go. Uh, I, got, I got a couple buckets here and there. I could never match his scoring, though. You did win the game, though. I mean, well, but, like, you know, I would try to match him. Like, he'd go for 40. I'm trying to go for 40. I'll probably end up with, like, 23. Right. <laughs> Like, he's just going by me. Just blowing by me. So easy. <laughs> this week on The Neighborhood. Well, someone over there right away. Jay, you okay? You copy my outfit? You copy my outfit? I wish I did. I took a middle photo of your outfit. Filed it under gorgeous. I wish you were even taller so I could see more of your outfit. It's beautiful. Call an optometrist. Your beauty is blinding. I refuse to blink. It would take a moment away from witnessing your amazing outfit. Uh, guys? Tune into the NBA on ABC. The Maker Miss League. Do it again. That's a walk Make nicknames. Dame Lillard lived up to the Logo Lillard nickname last night. Mm. He's shooting 45% from the, on the season from 33 plus feet. That according to <laughs> Second Spectrum. Matt, can you sympathize with the look on the Rockets' faces here? It's insane. It's insane, and it's tough, <laughs> too. You know what I mean? So as soon as you start pressing up on them, they're going to set a screen. He's going to go right, and still be having plenty of room to pull up for a regular three. So it's he, he's deadly, man. They're going to have to move the three-point line back pretty <laughs> soon. Yeah. Well, uh, Kirk Goldsberry, didn't he uh, suggest that not too long ago? Russ, Russ has seen enough of these dates. <laughs> yeah, for sure. He's taken wow. more threes from 30-plus feet than anyone and is still shooting a higher percentage wow. than anyone. It's crazy. Miss records. Kyle Lowry became the Raptors' all-time assist leader Tuesday night, passing Jose Calderon. Lowry still tra- trails DeRozan, Bosch, and Vince on the team's all-time scoring list, but none of those players won a title in Toronto. Zach, where does Lowry rank among all-time Raptors? Oh. This, this is oh. easy. This is easy. One. Uh, One. Really? He's the longest-tenured guy on their championship team. He's the all-time assist leader. He's going to be a six-time All-Star if the coaches make the right decision today. They're going to build a statue of Kyle Lowry. I'm not mad. Oh, yeah, he deserves it. I got Kawhi Leonard. Yeah, I got Kawhi Leonard. <laughs> okay. <laughs> the best Raptor? Yeah, the best Kawhi. Raptor. Yes. yes. In Why? just one they season. Might, about, they might build a statue they for him. They might build a statue for him anyway. And, and then yeah. about Vince. You were forgetting about Vince. Yeah. No. I got Kawhi oh, number one, though. You know what? In one season, the yeah. best player ever. All right, next. <laughs> make clapbacks. Andre Drummond traded dunks with Jared Allen on back-to-back possessions last night. Ooh, look out. There's one. Oh, raising the roof. Nice. This is a long time since right. somebody raised the roof. All right, right back at you, yeah. big fella. Oh, where you at? All right, Paul, who did it better? 
Ooh, well, you know what, Dre uh, Drummond, he dunked on him yeah, pretty that's That was more body-to-body. Body. That was a direct hit. He kind of flew by him on this yeah. one. So I'm going with Drummond. What do you think, Matt? I would agree. I mean, but uh, Alex Ooh. is definitely impressive. He got up. Okay. Zach, I think yeah. Jared Allen is the net winner of the two sequence thing because he at least he he tried to block this shot. He gets credit for that. Andre Drummond's nowhere to be found on the other ones. Jared Allen wins. Jared Allen, nobody even gets mad when he gets dunked on anymore because he has so many yeah. blocks on great superstars yeah. that it's like it's, it's expected. It is. Miss defense. John Morant dropped eighteen and ten right and was a plus forty two against the Knicks last night. The Grizzlies are five hundred for the first time all season. Zach. Are they a playoff team? What? They're playoff caliber. It's going to be them, the Spurs, or the Blazers. They're two games up. The only thing is, I think there's six road games in the hole, so their schedule is going to toughen up a little bit. But oh they're goodness. for real, man. This kid is a star. Yeah. He's an all, he should be in the All-Star game this year. I'm, I'm throwing it out there. They're 18-8, and eight, Matt, in their last 26 games. Yes. I mean, it's impressive. I think everybody counted them out. You know, him and, uh, was it Jackson? Uh, Jackson you know, Jr. Jackson yeah. Jr. Yeah. Two yeah. good, two good uh, young players. Uh, they built a supporting cast around with Brooks. Uh, older vets like Crowder. Uh, they're solid. Yes, indeed. Let's move on. Make feelings. Jay Crowder went to pull up for three in garbage time against the Knicks. And Elford Payton, he didn't like it. He pushed them as a result. Scuffle ensued. Paul, was this three-point attempt a bad look from Crowder? Or are you okay with it? I think it's a little bit petty. You're up so much, and then you steal the and ball. Stole the ball. That's that's the, the I didn't yeah, see that yeah, at first. I saw the either. shot, but you stole the ball and then shot a three. Yeah. Oh yeah. That was, I mean, I don't. I think I probably would have pushed them too. <laughs> no, seriously though, man. Come on, man. That's like adding insult to injury. Right. I mean, I think the fact that he shot. I just saw he steal the ball for the first time. Now I thought he just shot a three, and I was just like, maybe that's a little overreaction with the fact that he stole the ball up as much as they were and shot the three. I mean, yeah, someone's going to push him. Zach, anything on it? I'm generally not the big unwritten, unwritten rules guy, but yeah. that was a little bit rude. That's, that's a, a little bit rude. Yeah. That's an unwritten rule in the NBA. You do not do that. Seriously. All right, so there was a lot going on in that Knicks-Grizzlies game. Here's Marcus Morris with a controversial take on Jay Crowder after last night's game. Let's take a listen. I don't think it's a build-up, man. I think dude is just... You know, he played the game a different way. Like, he just, a lot of female tendencies on the court, flopping and throwing his head back the entire game. And like I said, man, it's a man's game, and you just get tired of it, man. And then, obviously, at the end, I was very unprofessional. They went in the game. It's a good team. And, you know, he does stuff like that, man. No, the steal was cool. You got the steal. It is what it is. But when you step back and shoot a three, you know what I'm saying, and try to, you know, low-key, like, rub it in that they're winning, you know, it's just unprofessional, man. It's soft. His game is soft. He's soft. It's just, you know, it's just how he carried him, man. And, you know, it's just very woman-like. Shortly after that, Morris issued the following apology on Twitter. I apologize for using the term, quote, female tendencies. I have the utmost respect for women and everything that they mean to us. It was a heat-of-the-moment response, and I never intended for any women to feel as though in any way, I'm disrespecting them. Again, I apologize with my comments. <laughs> but that's not all. Listen to the fans as the Knicks were getting blown out last night. Okay, so that's not all, though. Christian Winfield of the New York Daily News tweeted this after the game. John Morant says, There was no hot water and only three drops of water coming out of the Knicks visitor showers. This is beyond me, he said. 
The Grizzlies are actively trying to get both hot water and water pressure to take showers right now. So, Zach, is this a new low for the Knicks? Just everything combined here? This is bad. That's too many people chanting for James Dolan to have them all thrown out of Madison Square Garden. Yes. It's too many people. Wow. But, and, and Marcus Morris, I'd like to see him say that to Diana Taurasi, Tamika Catching, say it to Elena Deladon, who played through injury to win the WNBA title. It wasn't like he said he, the moment he apologized, but like, it wasn't like he was screaming and talking fast. He wasn't, he was pretty cool and calm, it looked like to me. I think oh, that's just a figure of speech. Like I said, I think he apologized. He was just trying to make a point yeah, that he was yeah. soft more than anything. And I think instead of soft, yeah. he used female. And, you know, in today's climate, you have to be very careful of what you say. So I don't think he meant disrespecting women by any means. I just think he meant soft. And right. he happened to use female or feminine. <clears throat> this is... What do you I, make of the I, Dolan I, thing? I, 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 <laughs> to be honest, I, I've been talking about this for like the last... Five, ten years. Sell it. I mean, this is not a new low for the Knicks because you can't get any lower than they already have been. I mean, come on. Everybody is waiting for this franchise to just get to some relevancy. Right. You know, free agents are passing on them. That was like losing Durant and Kyrie to Brooklyn. Right. Not getting Zion. I mean, something has to change for the Knicks. And I truly believe once they get new ownership, you'll see change. You saw it with the Clippers. Yeah. Look what happened yeah. with the Clippers. Now they're a perennial playoff team. They got better ownership and are a championship contending team now. Matt, do you believe that ownership matters that much oh, to players? Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, absolutely. One one thousand uh, percent. You know, I think you went through it. Yeah, you've seen it with Golden State. You know, I was in Golden State the first time. Went back the second time. A whole new ownership and it started at the top. I went through it with the Clippers, and you see what the Clippers are now. So ownership has definitely uh, it starts at the top. But like Paul said, we've all been iterating this for a long time. Um, but what I what, what is funny is they pulled up they pulled a, a Celtic move with the water ju- with the water. Yeah, yeah. Sometimes yeah. In, in Boston, too, yeah. The water I don't know that about. <laughs> the well, Pat Riley has plenty of stories oh, from his Laker days with the Celtics. Zach, do you think there's any chance that the Knicks change ownership? I mean, I haven't heard anything. Right. I mean, they would take a, a giant price tag, and right. the Garden is involved. I mean, there were like some rumblings a year ago that were reported, but nothing happened and nothing since. So. I, you know, it's got to be hard just to sit there and take and know they all hate you, right? All want you to sell the team like that. That's tough. All right, let's move on. Let's check out who was in the zone. Brought to you by AutoZone. Chris Middleton was definitely in the zone on Tuesday. The Bucks All Star dropped 51 points on the Wizards, leading his team to a 20 point win. Middleton also had 10 boards in this game, and that makes him and Giannis. One of three teammates to have 50-10 games in the same season. You have to go back to 1961-62 wow. for the last time that that happened with Elgin Baylor and Rudy LaRusso, who did it for the Lakers, and Bob Pettit and Cliff Hagan, who did it for the Hawks. Paul, are you starting to fear the deer a little bit? You know, I predicted that Milwaukee would win the championship this year before the season started. You can go on my Instagram page. It's right there. Okay. Ask me who I win. Um, I, do, I really believe that Giannis and this group has something to prove. Coach Bud is an absolutely stud of a coach, and they've been together a few years now. And I think they're they're ready to take that next step. I mean, they have an edge on whoever comes out of the West because, say, Lakers come out. They just got together this year. Say, Clippers, you know, this team knows each other. Yes. They've been around for, like, two or three years. They've added small pieces, but the core, they know each other. And I think they're ready to take the next step. Uh, I think it's going to be interesting if their other two, their their two and three option can stay consistent with, which is Middleton and, and Bledsoe. That's the key. Um, you know, and then also realizing how big Brogdon was for them down the stretch. Who's going to fill that role for them? Um, so, you know, what Giannis is doing, 
they, they, they neutralized Giannis last year. Kawhi did in the playoffs, so I think he's obviously been working on his game. You know what he's going to give you every night, but can you consistently get Middleton and Bledsoe to do what they're supposed to do and then the role players to play their roles? Middleton's a 50-40-90 guy right now, Zach, and he's playing 28, 29 minutes a game. I do think that they'll always be judged on the playoffs. Now, Paul thinks they're going to win the championship. Matt seems to think they're clearly a contender, obviously, too. Um, but I've seen teams do this this season and stay in games with them. Teams that are nowhere near as talented as they are, the Spurs and the Warriors specifically, where basically they're just building a wall in the paint and not letting him beat you and trying to let everyone else beat you, which is really the only strategy I guess you have. That's what they're going to see in the playoffs. They know that. That's why they've loaded up on shooting. And, and the thing that people miss about Middleton, he's not just a good shooter. He is a capital S shooter. That guy is a knockdown shooter. But, you know, look... Uh, People want to be skeptical of the Bucks because of the playoffs last year, but the guy that shut Giannis down or gave him problems has gone to the other Come conference. On. I don't know. Toronto, Miami, Indiana, Boston. I think Milwaukee's better than all those teams. And Philly is built to face Milwaukee and give them problems, but they just haven't kind of yeah, gotten it together this year. So who's the team? <clears throat> they may not get there, right, is, who's is the, the whole team? point. Yeah. Well, I mean, only experience. You know what I mean? They, they felt it. They, they felt what it was like last year. This year, like Paul said, they, they, they definitely got a chip on their shoulder. So if they can get consistently outside of Giannis, we'll see. Now on to more news. Woj and Bobby Marks are reporting, citing league sources, that projections for the NBA salary cap will be about three percentage points lower than had been expected when they're released today. Because of a loss in China-related revenue estimated to be between $150 and $200 million, the cap is projected to increase 3.5% to $113 million. That's about $3 million lower than had been anticipated. So, Zach, does a decrease in the salary cap projections give you any concern? Uh, if I were a free agent this summer, it would give me cause for concern. If I were a team that was on the verge of the luxury tax, but I had plans to get just under it, uh, that would also give me a concern because the tax will be lower. Free agency this summer is going to be pretty tight. Um, and that helps the teams that are actually over the cap because what they can offer becomes more powerful than it was before. But it's not that it's not that it's, dramatic. Of a, no. like, it's not going to like freeze the trade market or right. anything like that. It's not that big. No, I don't think the players are worried about it either. I mean, think about the money that's grown over the last five to ten years. I mean, now you go from a guy who's a six, seven guy. Oh, no, I was projected to make fifteen million. Now I'll take twelve. I mean, you got a lot of million. The max yeah. yeah, yeah. is still a lot of money. Yeah. You know, when I came, when I was uh, coming into my contract, that was a max salary, 12, right. 15 million. Right. So now you got guys that's six, seven, eight men on the team making that. So I don't, I don't think the players are right. too. Max worried. guys are making like 40 million. Yeah. In some so cases. now you go from yeah. not making 40, 50 to 37. Right. Yeah. <laughs> sure, they'll be fine. <laughs> <laughs> they'll be fine. <laughs> all right, Zach, thanks so much for hanging out with us, man. Um, Safe travels to you. Zach. Um, all right, coming up, Perk is going to join us, and uh, he's going <laughs> to join us on the show to reflect on Kobe Bryant, and we'll be back with that here next on The Jump, so stick around. <laughs> Tonight on TNT at 8 Eastern, the Warriors are shipping up. To Boston to face Kemba and the Celtics. Jason Tatum will return after missing three games for a groin injury. At 10.30 Eastern, Donovan Mitchell and the four-seeded Jazz will take on Jokic and the Nuggets, who are currently in third. We now welcome in NBA champion Kendrick Perkins to the show. Perk, this is the first time we've seen you uh, since the sudden and tragic passing of Kobe Bryant. How will you remember Kobe? I mean, where do you start? Um, You know, first of all, like, when you think about Kobe Bryant... You think about the king of mental toughness. Um, 
you know, Mr. Adversity himself, he always found a way through things. You know, uh, you have a guy that was dealing with a, a legal issue in Colorado and was still able to get on a plane, come back and play basketball and give people a 40-piece wing dinner, you know, spicy. <laughs> yeah. Like, like it yeah. wasn't no problem, mm-hmm. you know what I mean? And yeah. when you think about any other person in that situation, from you, myself, P, Matt, lawyers, doctors, or whatever, maybe we took a leave of absence. Ain't, ain't no way we would have been able to be dealing with that type of situation with our livelihood on the line and come back and, you know, go play and, and go to work and do it at an extremely high level. First of all, that's, that, that speaks volumes. That's what I think about when I think about Kobe and that aspect for us, Mr. Adversity. You know, he, he, got, he found, a way, found, found a way to get through anything, you know, other than that, you you look at it. It's almost like uh, his passing was, you know, almost bigger than Michael Jackson, um, in my opinion. And why I say that because personally, it touched me. Um, you know, just to say, you know what, man? People keep saying tomorrow is not promised, but the next sixty seconds is not promised. You know, I could leave off this set right now and something could happen to me and mm-hmm. then or P or Matt and I could be hurt and we could all be devastated or even you, Jay. And um, when you think about that, when you think about that, it's like, dang, man, life's not promised. Man, I'm, I'm beefing his family members I, I, I've been beefing with, I haven't talked to. And, you know, you get into the KD situation. And I'm glad that I'm up here on the jump right now with, my, one of my big brothers who raised me in Boston since a young pup. When I came in at 17, Paul took me under his wing from day one. Asked him, I was always rolling with him. We was in the Hummer together. I was at, I was at his crib in the basement called Club Shiznit. You know, we was in there, we was in there cracking. You know what I mean? We was in there popping every day, you know? Pete, you know what I'm saying? And, and when you think about it, when I, when I got oh, traded, man. When I got traded from Boston to Oklahoma City, it felt like it was the, it was the worst day of my life because I was leaving my brothers, right? And I get to Oklahoma City, and now I went from being a young 26-year-old little brother to now I'm the vet on the team. And um, the first person to reach out was KD. And, man, we instantly clicked. And I embraced him with open arms, man. He embraced me, and, like, our brotherhood went to a whole nother level, man, and you know, like all the mem- the the million great memories that him and I shared. I'm talking about hours of, on the on the phone. You know, to two, three in the morning, just talking my life. You know, me and him in the, in the hotel together. You know, in, in Memphis, man, crying on each other's shoulder before we play the Memphis Grizzlies because it's Mother's Day and we both going through some things on Mother's Day. You know, my mom died when I was six. He was going through a certain situation with his mother. And, those moments that you shared, man, you look back and reflect, and all of a sudden you see this happen to Kobe, and you like, man, come on, man, that little Twitter beef we had wasn't even worth it. And the reason that I went public with it is because for the simple fact that the beef was public. So I'm not a guy that's going to throw stones and hide my hand. I'm not going to send him an apology text. No, I'm going to apologize on Twitter, and I'm going to tell him, man, I love you, dog. I love you, bro. Like, and it's real. Like, I'm sorry for whatever part I played in this because I played a part in this. You know, I, I engaged into this 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 negative behavior that him and I went through. And, you know, as a as a man, I wanted to cleanse my, cleanse my soul 
and just know, hey, man, I'm doing the right thing. You know what I mean? And I think, you know, with the passing of Kobe, even me going through the airport today to come here from traveling through Houston, you know, I, I hate going through TSA. I don't fly private. I hate going through TSA. I can't afford it, first of all. <laughs> so, you know, I go through TSA, man, and, and, and you could just tell everybody in there cool. Usually they make me go to the one where they spin you around or right. they thing spin But today, dude, like, man, nah, you too big. Come through this. Oh, you, you ain't got to take your <laughs> shoes off. And I'm like, you know, you could just see that everyone is has been touched and everyone wants peace. And, you know, it's just crazy, man, that it had to happen like this. But, you know, me personally, I got some two stories that I would like to tell about Kobe is that, one, I remember when I uh, we had beat them in the finals, and I'm in Las Vegas. I don't never go to Vegas, but I'm feeling myself as a champ, as you should be. And uh, I go to <laughs> Vegas, and I'm sitting outside this spot. I'm getting ready to go to it, a nightlife, and, you know, I see, like, three guys walk by me with suits and, you know, the – the earplugs or whatever, and, and they walking fast, and I'm like, dang, that's Secret Service. Is the president here? Then I feel somebody come from behind and bow hug me. And I'm like, hold on, man, what's going on? You know, I'm thinking, <laughs> you know, I'm about to go sit down in the county or something for a little bit. But it was Kobe Bryant, man, and it was Kobe, man. He like, Perk, what's up, boy? And, and mind, I tell you, this is my first time ever having a conversation with Kobe. And he like, man, I just wanted to tell you, man, Hey, man, it's all respect. And I tell people this all the time, man. You one of the best post defenders that I ever played against. And I'm like, what? Mm -hmm. I'm sitting back like, dang, Kobe gave me a compliment. (laughs) I walked up in the club like, you know what I'm saying? Hey, man. Like, I I, I was that dude. I was that dude. Yeah, you heard him. Bought an extra bottle for that. You know what I'm saying, man? Cole came up to me, man. I'm I'm him. I'm him today. But, you know, and then it was another situation where it goes to show you how great of a guy he was off the court to – the competitive nature he he had on the court. So I'm in Oklahoma City. I'm in Oklahoma City. (laughs) I switch out on him on the pick and roll. It's five seconds. You know, we're on the defensive end. So, you know, I'm feeling my – let me see it then, Cole. Right? I clap my hands. He hit me with a boo. I stumble in and out of something he hit me with. Stumble. He hit the three. (laughs) We running back down court. He like – all right, Perk, don't make me tear that other ACL. I'm- <laughs> you know, but you had to respect it, man. You had to respect it. But, you know, like, oh, you man. know, at the end of the day, man, it's just like I just see a change in the world because I don't know if any of y'all know, but, you know, like my wife, Vanity, she, um, they started this thing, uh, this this proud group on, on Mondays where it was it's former wives, uh, current NBA wives, ex-wives, and it's like 175 of them on this, I think it's Zeus, Zeus app, and they pray for uh, Vanessa Bryant and her family, Kobe's whole entire family, the victim's family, for two hours. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And mm-hmm. when you see that type of stuff, man, you just want to, you know, you see the world healing. And, you know, just to end this, I would like to say, hey, P, I love you as a big brother. Hey, Matt, oh, I appreciate everything you're doing, man, even though, we never really had that, that talk outside of this, but we was connected through mm-hmm. our brother Jack. And I wanted to tell you, man, you're doing great things with that Showtime. That. Man, Thank that's you, big. And, Jay, I've been a big fan of yours and much success. Thank you, Jack. <laughs> it's all right. It don't take nothing, to, you know, to show love and appreciate right. you can go back to your room. You know what I mean? So 
I think, you know, that's how that's my effect on Kobe Bryant. Well said, Perk. Well said. Now, you talked about Kobe doing that in and out move on you. We got to go to our distant replay here. Before we do that, we, we do have to apologize to Perk here in advance. Roll it, Kathy. What's going on? What's going on? Don't do it to him. No! 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 That is also OKC. What you gonna tell me as a shot blocker? You gonna get dunked on, but not like that, Blake. Hey, look, I was so mad at Serge because he messed up the pick and roll cutters. I was like, oh, man. Hi, I'm Kevin Nagani, ahead on SportsCenter, live from Super Bowl 54, assessing Jimmy G's trust factor against the Chiefs. Plus, Hall of Famer Randy Moss imagines if Patrick Mahomes was his quarterback, and Brian Windhorst explains why the NBA made dramatic changes to the All-Star game. SportsCenter with Sage Steele and me, live from Miami, right after PTI. NBA Friday doubleheader right here on ESPN and the ESPN app at 7.30 Eastern. Luka Doncic and the Mavs takes on James Harden, Russell Westbrook, and the Rockets. Then we'll take you to L.A. for the Lakers' first game since Kobe's passing against Damian Lillard and the Trailblazers. Coverage begins with NBA Countdown at 7. NBA Saturday, we have an ABC primetime matchup with a big Eastern Conference battle between the Sixers and Celtics. Our coverage begins with the jump at 8 Eastern, also on the ESPN app. Welcome back here to the jump. We are celebrating the life and legacy of Kobe Bryant all week here on the jump. The reactions from those Close to Kobe have been coming in. Last night, Kobe's wife, Vanessa Bryant, posted this family photo to Instagram. It's heartbreaking here. Uh, Here's a portion of her Instagram caption. My girls and I want to thank the millions of people who've shown support and love during this horrific time. We're completely devastated by the sudden loss of my adoring husband, Kobe, the amazing father of our children, and my beautiful, sweet Gianna, a loving, thoughtful, and wonderful daughter, and an amazing sister to Natalia, Bianca, and Capri. We're also devastated for the families who lost their loved ones on Sunday, and we share in their grief intimately. Thank you for sharing your joy, your grief, your support with us. We ask you that you grant us the respect and privacy we'll need to navigate through this new reality. We also got a reaction from Lakers owner Jeannie Buss via Instagram. Her caption read in part, Kobe, I don't know how to express what you mean to me, my family, and the Los Angeles Lakers. My father loved you like a son, which makes us family. When you invited me to lunch shortly after my father passed away, I was struggling to find motivation and purpose. Kobe, you brought Gianna with you to this game. It's basically what he, what he said. Now, Paul, <clears throat> let's go to the Laker practice facility right now. We have a live look-in. We're waiting for reaction from uh, the players, we see AD and LeBron, they're practicing. We may have some more reaction from the Lakers organization. Yesterday, Frank Vogel spoke. We're going to see who speaks today for the Lakers at their practice facility, Nelson Gundo. We'll have that perhaps in the, after the next break. So stick around here on the jump. The Lakers practiced outside again today, outside their facility in El Segundo. They're set to play their first game since the passing of Kobe Bryant here in L.A. tomorrow on ESPN. Here's a live look at Lakers practice, still waiting for a potential reaction. Frank Vogel spoke yesterday. So if something or someone comes to the podium or comes to the microphone to a scrum to talk, we will bring that to you here on The Jump. But first, this just in at the buzzer. 
Luka Doncic has sprained his right ankle again. Doncic missed four games in December with the same injury. The severity of today's injury, which he suffered in practice, is similar, sources told our Tim McMahon, to the previous injury that he had against the Miami Heat. Perk, how big of a setback would this be for the Mavs? This huge. Um, you know, Luka is, is everything to that team. Obviously, he's been he's been carrying them, and that's why he's in a conversation, as for, especially with me as a MVP. He's right there up there with Giannis, in my opinion, because Brzingis haven't been holding his end of the stick up for the whole season. So I think this is a huge blow, especially with them losing power last week with the rupture of Achilles. So, you know, I think Dallas got to find a way, man, to keep grinding. But this is a huge blow for Dallas. You know, this really makes it interesting because if he misses significant time and say Dallas Mavericks drop in the standings, they end up with like a 6-7 or even an 8th seed. Right. Luka Doncic comes back healthy. This could make the playoffs very interesting in that first <laughs> round. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? Especially with the, the way the West is. You're going to have top seeds, you know, I think falling out of the first round. If you're not a number one or two seed and you end up in that three and four seed, you could be looking at a first round exit to a team like the Dallas Mavericks. Uh, you know, right now you just really want to worry about making sure he gets healthy. You know, we all remember how Steph's uh, career started. You know, he's chronic ankle probably. Hopefully this doesn't transpire into that. But I would say, you know, even if he feels good, I think he's probably going to be replacing the All-Star game now. So that'll be interesting to see who is going to, you know, take right. his spot in the All-Star game. So like I said, most important thing is health. They definitely need him. So they need him to get healthy. Yeah, I mean, All-Star game is two weeks away. You know, last time he missed, like, I think it was four games or so. And that... You know, he may be back, but I wouldn't chance it if I were him. Why would you want to risk that? Yeah, I wouldn't take that chance if I were him. Uh, LeBron James returns to the court tomorrow after the passing of Kobe. For Remember, he passed him also on the scoring list in his previous game. So, Perk, what are your expectations for the Lakers tomorrow night? This, I mean, I don't know. You know, I'm caught in between because, you know, as a player and as players, sometimes emotions could get the best of you. Um... You could go out there and you could just really struggle in playing. I remember my first time coming back to Boston after being traded in OKC, you know, and I get that standing ovation. I see all my brothers and I'm going to hug them up. Man, my mind wasn't into the game, but, you know, it could go the other way around. They could they could rally around and be kill mode, you know, and go out there and dominate. The emotions has got to be high in there, Paul. <clears throat> yeah, emotions are going to be high. The, the, the fans' emotions are going to be high. I think the fans are going to uplift them. And like me and Matt talked about this yesterday, you need the the basketball sanctuary right now, mm-hmm. you know, to just not really think about all the emotions going on. I think this is, is something that um, will really help. And I think they'll be ready to play. Because when you step on that court, and that's why you see them at practice, talking to each other loose and, you know, getting their mind off of what's been going on around Matt, we got about 20 seconds. I think they're either going to, from the jump, kill Portland or they're going to struggle a little bit and the energy of the crowd is going to get them going and they're going to have an amazing second half and, and win but I don't see them losing. It looks like perhaps LeBron <laughs> yeah. it looks like LeBron perhaps has a new tattoo in honor of Kobe. My guys were telling me uh, that you could see there. Thanks to Perk, Paul, Matt and Zach as well. The Jump will be on tomorrow. Two hours tomorrow.